the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 25 through 32, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 25 through 32. And one more time, if you're able, I'm going to ask you to stand. Uh, we're going to pray, and then we're going to get into this last of, uh, message of this series. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Uh, for what you have done in the lives of your people. Thank you for how you work and how you move. Uh, so many times people will say that, God, you move in mysterious ways. Uh, well, Lord, you, you are moving. You are moving behind the scenes. You are orchestrating things. Uh, in many ways, we ask for your intervention. Uh, we need your help, each and every one of us. I pray, God, that in, in, the, in the busyness of life and in this busy season, that you would help us, Lord, uh, to keep you at the center of all of our celebrations, uh, to keep you at the center of our home life, to keep you at the center of this Christmas season. Uh, Lord, we glorify your name. In Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right, so for the past couple weeks, we have been doing a series called Classic Christmas Carols. And uh, since today is Christmas Eve, uh, in honor of all of the Christmas carols that we sing uh, at Christmas time, I thought I wanted, I, I'd start off in a different way uh, than we normally do. Uh, and so kind of a little bit of a game, I guess I would call it. Um, I'm going to quote a line, try not to sing, I'm going to quote a line from a Christmas song, and you're going to tell me the name of the song, all right? So it's a little bit of an interaction that we're going to have here this morning, and so I'm just going to get started. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh, what would that song be? Okay, I was going to say, we're dead in the water if nobody knows that one. Thank you, Jingle, jingle Bells. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. Rudolph, all right. He was made of snow, but the children know how he came to life one day. Frosty the Snowman. Yuletide carols being sung by a choir. And folks dressed up like Eskimos. What is that? Wow. We've got a lot of different answers. Help us out. Help us out. Chestnuts roasting, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Yuletide carols. I said I wouldn't sing. Um, <laughs> Oh, man, it's hard for me to do some of these without wanting to sing. Where the treetops glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow, I'm... Take a look in the five and ten. It's glistening once again with candy canes in silver lanes that glow. Ah, uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. All right, here we go. This is, this is the next level. Round young virgin, mother and child. Silent, silent night. The cattle are lowing. The baby awakes. But little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. Away in a manger. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. I think I heard it. Holy night. How about, I have seen your salvation 
which you have prepared for all people. Let me do it again. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. No, Nobody? Listen, I'm actually not surprised that, that no one recognizes that one because it's from our text this morning. It's uh, called the, the Canticle of Simeon or the Song of Simeon. And so before we go any further, let's go right to our text. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 25, the Bible says, At that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until, say until, he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And that day the Spirit led him to the temple. And so when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby, Jesus, to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. And he took the child Jesus in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. And here goes the, here goes the phrase, here goes the, the tune that you didn't recognize. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel, one more time, sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is the light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Listen, just like the rest of the classic Christmas carols, that we've read and we've talked about throughout this message series, there are no familiar notes given from this chorus. In fact, we don't even know the rhythm or the tune to which Simeon sang the, his song. And we're probably likely not going to hear it on a top 10 or top 20 radio this Christmas or even sung by a, a church choir. But just like the, the classic Christmas carols, that we've seen so far, this song, it rises up in Simeon's heart through the prompting and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know, if you didn't catch it, the lyrics are very bold. As we, as we read them today, it's important to remember that this, this canticle of Simeon, this song of Simeon is a spontaneous, spirit-led song of praise and prophecy delivered with power and poetry. But before we unpack the lyrics of the song, I want to take a, a closer look at Simeon himself. Now this week, by this time, Mary and Joseph are no longer spending their nights on, a, on the dirty floor of a common, stinky, smelly old stable. They have by now, at this point in our text, uh, found a house, possibly with a family with fa or with family, and that's where they're staying at this point. It's been about eight days since Mary gave birth to God's son, Jesus, and several days since a, a large heavenly host of angels sang and shepherds came and they bowed down. But the miracle of Christmas at this point is far from over. 
See, according to Jewish law, Joseph and Mary were, were to bring Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem to have him circumcised on the eighth day after his birth and offer a sacrifice of two turtle doves. And at the time, there was a, a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The Bible says that he was a good man. The Bible says that he was a, a godly man, that he was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and to rescue Israel. And then the Holy Spirit revealed to him that he would not die until, say until one more time, until he had seen the Messiah with his very own eyes. And so on the, the very day that Jesus was in the temple being circumcised, the Holy Spirit nudged Simeon to go and to visit the temple on that day. I can almost picture Simeon going into the temple and, and looking out at the crowd and his eyes going back and forth, just kind of looking and searching for something or someone, but he doesn't know exactly what and then Simeon sees him his heart leaps with inside of him he rushes up to Mary and Joseph and without even asking I want you to think about that parents when you have your first child if this would freak you out a little bit a stranger runs up to you and without even asking takes your child up in his arms but immediately Simeon begins to praise God, singing Luke chapter 2, 29 through 32. Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. The song of Simeon is definitely I, and I would very much consider it a classic Christmas carol. Bursting forth from a, a heart full of wonder and excitement and the, the sentiment of Simeon's song actually conjures up the, the joyful, upbeat, rhythmic folk music of a traditional Jewish wedding. And while you and I, we, we can't dance to it, and maybe I wouldn't recommend dancing uh, in your case, in my case, we can certainly marvel at it and learn from it. And see, this classic carol, it contains three sentence-length sentence verses, each of them extolling a different gift brought about by the birth of Jesus Christ. And today I want to cover them, but we're going to go in reverse because it seems like the climax is really at the very beginning. And so I want you to follow along with me. And so first, verse 32 tells us this morning in 2023 that Christmas brings revelation. Say revelation. Christmas brings revelation. Now listen, one of my favorite things uh, uh, about this time of year is all of the decorations that get put up all over the place. I mean, I always enjoy how creative some people get with uh, their Christmas inflatables, but I especially like the lights, very much like them, especially when someone else is paying the electric bill. <laughs> but to be honest, listen, when I, when I drive past a house that is all lit up, I get excited. 
I'm, I'm 51 years old. I still get kind of like a little, a little kid. I, I mean, we, we spent Christmas in Florida one year. And even in the South, there was a, at least one that I knew of, one entire neighborhood from beginning to end that was covered from top to bottom in lights. And it was pretty awesome to say the least. I'm probably the only person, too, that gets a little stressed out uh, watching the Christmas Vacation movie when Clark Griswold works so hard to cover his entire house, every edge and every window with those beautiful lights, and he has issues getting them to work. But I, I, I don't know about you. I also enjoy peaceful moments when all of the lights in the house have been turned off except for the Christmas tree. In the corner, maybe, in your special spot, there it is, glowing, uh, beautifully glowing. And there, I don't know, there's just something magical about that tree, about those lights in that moment. And I, I want to share this with you, that for centuries, Christians have been decorating Christmas trees with lights. But prior to our modern fiber optics, uh, uh, candles were literally attached to the end of each tree branch with melted wax or pins. But because of this serious uh, fire hazard, most people didn't put up their trees until December 24th. That wouldn't work with retail today. And so they waited until December 24th because if you did it any earlier, your house or your tree might burn up. And so ensuring that they would be up for a brief period of time, they would do it like on the 24th while the tree was still fresh and much, much less flammable. They lit these candles or lights almost like candles on the birthday cake in honor of the birth of Jesus. We're talking about followers of Christ. And I know that in 2023, those lights maybe don't have the same meaning or the same significance. I mean, I, I could have asked any one of you this morning, what do the lights on your Christmas tree mean? What do the lights on your home mean? What do the, the lights that you string up, what do they mean? They don't quite have the same meaning to us today. But I would love to believe that all of the twinkling, twinkling lights that we see at Christmas time, whether they are wrapped around a tree or strung up on a, on a neighbor's house, that they could remind us that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. I, I, I want to believe that. I, I want to, you know, because he is, amen? He is the light of the world. Or, or, or maybe like Simeon put it in verse 32, he is a light to reveal God to the nations. Listen, centuries earlier, the prophet Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 9 and verse 2 that the people who walk in dark, darkness will see a great light. And for those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And then in John chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, the Bible says about Jesus that his life brought light to everyone. Say everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Later, Jesus says of himself in John chapter 8 that I am the light of the world. And so clearly, Jesus is the light. He is the light dispelling darkness where, wherever he's invited and wherever he appears. And so when Jesus comes into a life, when Jesus comes into a room, when Jesus is on the scene, the darkness has to go. Light comes in. 
He has come in and listen, he still makes things bright in 2023. In fact, the light of Christ is so bright today that it destroys the shadows and the darkness of depravity, of despair and of death. The truth is you and I, we live in a dark world overshadowed by sin overshadowed by sadness and sickness and suffering and into that darkness, that very darkness, Jesus was born. And while the light of Christmas, it it illuminates many, many things, it literally shines like a spotlight on God himself or as Simeon said, he is a light to reveal God. In other words, through Jesus, you and I can see God. Through Jesus. For many people, God has always been a mystery. What is God like? What does God think? How does God feel about people? Uh, Is he distant or unreachable? Is God sitting up there waiting to zap us when we sin? Is it possible to know God personally? Listen, all of these questions and many more are answered. They are revealed in the person of Christ and the birth of Jesus Christ in the flesh or in the incarnation. It actually made that a reality. And that is a revelation again, revealing to us that he is the light of the world and that in your darkness and in my darkness, he can turn things around. And so if we really want the most accurate picture of God, If you were to to maybe try and draw a portrait of who he is, we don't need to look any further than Jesus Christ. In Jesus, we see God and God truly is who he is in his son. And that's the revelation that Christmas brings to us. And remember, Jesus himself said in John chapter 14 and verse 9, that anyone who has seen me has seen who? The Father. And so Jesus came into this world to show us who God is and and what he's like to be a light to reveal God to the nations. And Christmas lights can remind us that Jesus Christ is the light of the world and he came to reveal the Father to us. Whether the lights give you a sense of wonder or peace, whether the whole Christmas experience is something that you relish or you can do without it. Just know this. Listen, wherever there is darkness, the light of Christ shines. Wherever there is darkness, the light of Christ shines and nothing, say nothing, and nothing can put it out. And so first, Christmas, it brings revelation. I hope that it has been revealed to you that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the reason that we, when we don't have Christ in our hearts, when we don't have Christ in our lives, there is so much darkness. There is so much tur- turmoil. There is so much brokenness. But because of revelation, because Christmas brings revelation, and that revelation comes through Jesus, you and I, you and I can be redeemed. And that's a good segue for our next point. Christmas also brings redemption. Say redemption. See, cradling the tiny infant Jesus in his arms and looking full into his face, Simeon saw more than just a baby. 
Simeon saw more than just the baby. He actually saw a side of the Christmas story that isn't often told. You see those soft little hands fashioned by the Holy Spirit inside of Mary's womb uh, were fashioned so that one day nails might be driven through them. Those baby feet pink and unable to walk yet, would one day walk up a dusty hill and be nailed to a cross and that sweet infant's head with sparkling eyes and eager mouth was so, for, was so formed so that someday men might force a crown of thorns onto it. And that tender, warm, soft body wrapped in swaddling clothes would one day be ripped by a spear and then wrapped in burial clothes. See, when Simeon looked at Jesus, he saw a Savior who was born to die, a Savior who would one day pay the penalty for our sins. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 30, Simeon sings, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. Listen, Jesus came to earth, of course, for many reasons. He came to reveal God to the nations. He came to teach us truth. He came to fulfill the law. He came to establish His kingdom. He came to show us how to live. He came to reveal God's love. He came to bring us peace. He came to heal the sick. He came to minister to the needy. But ultimately, Jesus came to redeem a lost humanity, to be your Savior to be my Savior. And that's actually why they named him Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse uh, 21, when the Lord appeared to Joseph, he said, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. See, the New Testament was written in Greek. The name Jesus is actually a Greek transliteration of the Hebrew name Joshua or Yeshua. How many of you have heard Yeshua before, maybe? Which means, that name means Yahweh saves or Yahweh is salvation. And so when Simeon lifted, up, lifted Jesus up in his arms and cried out, I have seen your salvation, it was a play on words. Because Yeshua is literally Yahweh's salvation. And so Jesus is our salvation. And listen, the second half of verse 30 is equally important. I have seen your salvation is the first part. The second part says, which you have prepared for all people, say all this morning. Remember, most Jews in Simeon's day were expecting a savior. But not a savior for all people. They were expecting a savior for the Jewish people, a savior who would rise to power, a savior who would bring an end to oppression, a savior who would topple the Roman Empire, a savior who would restore Israel to her former glory. But that's not what God had in mind. See, centuries earlier in Isaiah 49 and verse 6, Jesus said, you will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. I will make you a light to the Gentiles and you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Listen, you and I are here today, many of us saved by the grace of God because of scriptures like this, because of the plan of God, because of the fulfillment of this, that, that you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth 
Salvation came to Rochester, New Hampshire. Salvation came to your city and town, to your state. Salvation came to your household. Salvation came to your life. See, Jesus didn't come to save a select group of people. I like to say it like this. He doesn't play favorites. He came to save all people. He didn't come to save some people or certain people. He didn't come to save the tall people or the thin people or the rich people or the famous people or some of us would be disqualified. He didn't come to save the saintly people. He didn't come to save the sober people or the perfect people or the pretty people. There's no asterisk by the word all. There are no exceptions. There are no exemptions. All means all. That means that there's hope for you. That means that there's hope for me at Christmas time and every day. Listen, if you're lonely this year, Jesus came for you. If your, your family has rejected you, Jesus came for you. If you feel forgotten, Jesus came for you. If you feel depressed, discouraged, down on your luck, Jesus came for you. Listen, whatever sins are holding you back this year, Christmas means that you and I can be forgiven. Why? Because Jesus came for you. See, Jesus came to bring salvation to all people, to the ends of the earth. And so as we celebrate the birth of Christ this year, don't make the mistake, listen, don't make the mistake of leaving him as a baby in a manger. That's as good as only taking out those decorations, uh, taking out that manger scene uh, during this time of year, uh, putting it out. You've got all of the lights. You've got all of the bells and whistles. It looks wonderful. Your house is lit up there is a great light shining on your house on the building but you don't have Jesus in your heart and so there is darkness there and so yes on the outside the house might look lit up but on the inside there is darkness don't make the mistake of leaving him as a baby in a manger keep in mind that his birth the birth of Jesus was just the first step it was just the first step in God's glorious plan of redemption. And so according to Simeon, Christmas brings revelation. Christmas brings redemption. And finally, Christmas brings relaxation. Anybody need re relaxation right about now? Some of you are like, Pastor Freddie, hurry up. I, I won't get to do that till I do that last minute Christmas shopping after service today relaxation. What's that? What is that? Remember that the Lord told Simeon that he would not die until he saw the Savior with his own eyes. And so as soon as Simeon sets his eyes on baby Jesus, he sings out in verse 29, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. Well, that's not very Christmassy. Another translation says, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Simeon's first thought after embracing Jesus is that he is now ready to die. He is now ready to die because he has seen the Lord Jesus Christ. And more than seen, he has embraced him. Listen, I know that may sound sad or morbid, 
But you and I, I want you to catch this, you and I are not ready to die until we have embraced Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior the way Simeon did. Hmm. You may be ready to graduate. You may be ready to buy your first home. You may be ready to retire. In fact, this morning, you may be ready to do many things. You have orchestrated your life. You have kind of lined things up, and you know how you would like your life to go. But listen, this morning, without Jesus Christ in your life, you are not ready to die. You are not ready. You are not ready to say like Simeon's sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. What does being ready to die have to do with relaxation, Pastor Freddie? I'm glad you asked. The word dismiss was a, a military word that meant to be relieved of duty. And it was commonly used to describe a sentinel who stood watch during the long, dark hours of the night. And as the sun comes up over the eastern horizon, he knows that his work is done. And so his commanding officer would dismiss him. And he could go back to the barracks and finally get some rest. That's the way Simeon feels. See, the long wait is over. The years of anticipation have been fulfilled. His sentry duty is finished. For he has seen and personally held the Savior in his arms. And now he's ready. He's all ready to be dismissed. Simeon could finally be at peace. He could finally relax. And listen, this is the, the same is true for us. No other religion, religion offers what Jesus promises. Judaism sees salvation as a, a judgment day decision based on morality. Buddhism actually grades your life according to a four noble truths and an eightfold path. Muslims earn their way to Allah by performing the duties of the five pillars of the faith. And so every other religion is basically spelled out in a two-letter word. What is that word? Do. Do this. Do that. Do this do that. It's all about what people can do to try and somehow earn God's favor and forgiveness. But Christianity is spelled with a four-letter word in four letters, done, D-O-N-E. And so it's not about what I do, but it's about what Jesus has done for us. He has already lived the perfect life. He has already paid the penalty for my sin on the cross. And you can't have Christmas without Easter. And you can't have Easter without Christmas. You gotta have that, that manger. You gotta have that cradle, but you've gotta have a cross. He paid the penalty for our sins on that cross. Simeon knew that once he embraced Jesus as Savior, he was ready. He was ready to die. He was ready for eternity. He couldn't be any more ready. There was nothing else that he had to do to prepare. So Jesus didn't come to get you to do more or to get you to work harder. Jesus came. He was born in a manger to bring you peace and rest. See, Christmas brings revelation because Jesus is the light of the world. Christmas brings redemption 
because he is the savior of all people. Christmas brings relaxation because once you and I have embraced Jesus as savior, you don't have to work. You don't have to worry. You don't have to do anything to earn your way into heaven. You don't have to bear the weight of your own sins even. You can finally chill and relax because of Christ in Christmas. You can now be ready for eternity. Worship team, come on back. Relaxation. Because maybe like Simeon, you can embrace the Savior. Be at peace. I've said it, I think I said it last week. Man, you don't know the value of peace until you've lived without it. You don't know the value of peace until you've been through a season where everything has been taken away from you. Maybe you've experienced brokenness, and in that brokenness, uh, your peace is gone, and, and there's just such turmoil. Your life isn't quite right. Things aren't quite the same. Things aren't what you would like them to be. You are missing your peace. There is no way you can relax like that. But if you let the Christ of Christmas into your life, he can bring you that peace that will lead you and allow you to relax. I said, listen, as I said at the beginning of the series, the music of Christmas is forever linked to the season of Christmas. I love I love the Christmas carols that point us to Christ. I love the songs of Christmas that remind us that, that Christ, that Jesus is the reason for the season. Christmas carols, they reach deep into our hearts. They stir believers to adoration. And I suspect that they stir many unbelieving hearts to reconsider the true meaning of Christmas from the ancient, O come, O come, Emmanuel, to the cheerful joy to the world from the beautiful chorus of what child is this to the assuring German folk hymn, Silent Night. We all have our favorite carols, great hymns, heralding the coming of Christ. But as I bring this series to a close, maybe you'll be able to add one of these obscure, classic Christmas carols to your favorite list. Maybe like Mary, you'll, it'll be Mary's song about God's mindfulness, about God's might, about God's mercy, or Zechariah, Zeke's song of prophecy and praise, or maybe it's the angel's chorus singing to praise, praise to God and peace to the godly, or maybe you'll add Simeon's song to your new list of favorites. Regardless of which carol makes your top 10 list, I hope you don't let the noise of competing sounds and voices keep you from hearing the message behind the music of Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. Christmas is all about Christ. So if you need the, the light of Christ in your life this morning, Maybe you're ready to follow in Simeon's footsteps and uh, embracing Jesus as your Savior. If you haven't done that, I want to encourage you to do that today. I want to, uh, us to stand to our feet. 
In fact, salvation, we know that salvation is a wonderful gift. You, you don't have to wait until Christmas to open that gift. This is your early gift. I don't know if you've ever gotten an early gift, but this is your early gift. If you don't know Jesus as Savior, if you haven't embraced him, this is your early gift. You can have it now, right here, right now. And if you need help unwrapping that present, I want us to take a moment right now. I'm going to lead us in a, a quick prayer of faith that Christ would be the Christ of Christmas in your heart and in your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, I don't know if this is for you. I don't know if it's for one. I don't know if it's for you to take to someone else, even during this Christmas season. Again, people are, we are not ready to die. We are not ready to rest. We are not ready to be at peace without the Christ of Christmas. And so I say this morning, if Jesus Christ is not the Lord and Savior of your life, you are not ready to die. If Jesus Christ is not the Savior of your life, if you have not come to terms with that, you are not really ready to celebrate Christmas. Again, it's like having the, the house lit up on the outside. It's like having all the trimmings and all of the show on the outside. But on the inside, there is darkness. On the inside, there is brokenness. On the inside, you need Christ. If that's you today, I want you to pray this prayer of faith with me and the rest of us are going to pray it together, trusting that God will touch your life today. And so repeat after me, Jesus, I need you to save my life. I've done life my own way. I've messed up. I've sinned. I've gone too far in some areas that are not pleasing to you. But Jesus, I ask you to take my sin, to forgive me of my sin, to cleanse me, to wash me, to make me new. Come into my heart, be my savior. Be my God. Listen, if you prayed that prayer of faith, if you prayed that prayer of faith, and I mean really meant it, now you have the Christ of Christmas in your life. Now you can have that peace. Now you have experienced redemption. Now it has been revealed to you revelation. Christmas brings revelation. That revelation came to you today in 2023. And your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Best of all. Best Christmas present ever. Best Christmas present ever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray for anyone that prayed that prayer for the first time or for the hundredth time and actually meant it. 
whether they're here in the building or on online, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would lead them. Lord, that you would lead them to grow in you, that you would lead them to read your word, that you would lead them to become a disciple, a follower of Jesus all the way through, that God, they would get involved in church and Bible study, that Lord, their life would be lived in transformation because of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Let's close in worship.